Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday, everybody. If there is such a thing, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. It's the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad you're with us. Patrick McGee's going to make a Monday appearance to talk about Saturday's scrimmage. We're going to talk to Jack Duggan about football preparations underway. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about the Saints, Kelly, and some other stuff. How are you today, sir? Good. Had a good weekend, but uh, yeah. definitely football's in the air, baby. Man, a lot of football this weekend on TV. First fantasy football draft I was yeah. attended yesterday afternoon. That was a lot of fun. Bengals hit the field. So, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they got hit quite a bit. The field by the hit the Bengals. The yes, field hit the Bengals. And the later the in the Bengals. show, too, we'll talk about the Saints. They obviously played their first game and uh, what takeaways there might be from that. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this show and all Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their great meats. They smoke them fresh every day in-house in their great restaurants. They'll cater any event for you, large or small. Doesn't matter to Dickie's. They'll uh, let you sit back, relax, and do the cooking. So we want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their support of the show. All right, Saturday uh, marked the first full day for Southern Miss football. The squad started the day with a full tilt scrimmage. Uh, before they later had their fanfare. So uh, we went down to the coast, pulled Patrick McGee uh, back on the show, uh, normally with us every Thursday, of course, but uh, and will be this Thursday. But Patrick was at the scrimmage, and Patrick, I just wanted to get your take. Uh, I see, I want to start with quarterbacks. Uh, Jack Abraham's 19 to 36, 239 yards passing. Uh, with a scoring uh, touchdown, Watley comes in, throws some touchdown passes, but also throws three picks. What did you take away from the scrimmage regarding the battle for quarterback? Well, I mean, just to be honest, I mean, the first scrimmage of fall is usually one that you don't want to read, in, read into too much. Uh, uh, just, just the way the scrimmage went, the defense kind of dominated things through the first half, and then the offense got, go, got rolling with uh, both Abraham and Watley moving the uh, offense. I thought Watley, even with the three interceptions, I thought Watley threw the ball pretty darn well. He tell he's able to he's making some tougher throws, and we saw some glimpses of that in the spring, and even a little bit here and there back during the uh, 2018 season. Uh, but it, it you know it's looking like a situation where I think both Abraham and Watley uh, can get on the field this this season, and uh, what's you know if it's a situation where they like to do two QB system like they against uh, Louisiana Tech. Uh, you can see Whiteley kind of coming in situations uh, where it's more likely they're going to run the ball. Uh, but Whiteley's also, but Whiteley in that situation would also be a threat to to throw it. So in other words, in situations where they need to go one or two yards, I could see Whiteley coming in there and uh, either handing it off, running forward, or you know maybe catching them off guard. So I think that the one thing Whiteley offers is he just got that one more option of running with the football that could offer them. But yeah, I mean just looking at the quarterbacks in that scrimmage. I don't think much changed in terms of the depth chart, uh, but you just had to be encouraged with the way Watley made some difficult throws. 
Well, you made you used the term depth right there, depth chart. And one of the things that Luke yeah. Johnson had had observed, Patrick, I want to get your view is the depth of the offensive line. What I think is so ironic about that is last year it was the offensive line that was so so badly maligned by everybody, you know, saying there was just not a good offensive line at all. And now a lot of the cross-section of uh, preseason magazines have the offensive line ranked sixth in the conference, and now there's depth there, yes? Yeah, and, and you were without Coker Wright and Trace Clopton on Saturday, uh, both Jay Hobson and uh, Ryan Stanchek said that they expected both of those guys back soon. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a re, you know a, just a shuffled around offensive line where you had uh, Dorback still at left tackle, um, uh, you had uh, Arvin Fletcher at center, uh, Latrell Pollard at, Pollard at left guard, Cleek uh, Washington at right guard, and then uh, Tanner Hawthorne, the JUCO transfer at left tackle, and they looked good as a group. I mean, the defense kind of you know put it to them there for much of the scrimmage, but uh, you know you look at that group; it's talented, it's got you know size. It's a group that's got a long way to go before the the season opener. But uh, if you have your two two year start like you know pos- probable starters out in a scrimmage like that, you're able to put together a decent offensive line. Uh, so I yeah I think the depth showed up a little bit, but still a lot of work to do. Luke, on the defensive side, uh, Patrick, uh, it was good to see you know some of the uh, the interceptions. What really has intrigued me is about how good Torrance Brown has looked. He's a transfer mm-hmm. graduate transfer from Penn State. I think two years ago started or three years ago started ten games for the Nittany Lions, and he's uh he's he's made a lot of noise. And then Whittington coming in from Alcorn, uh, are, are they still going to keep Turner at the Wolf and basically let those two guys hold down the defensive end? Yeah, I mean, I it's I you know it's I think Hobson I asked Hobson that question on Saturday at media day, and he you know he just he said he didn't know. So I think there's he's open to. Moving Turner back to exclusively defensive end and letting you know things kind of pan out there at the the Wolf, whether it's Brown or Whittington or somebody else. I think that's a possibility. Is they've just got so many numbers and, and better depth there on that side of the ball. Uh, I think that maybe moving Turner back to defensive end might be the best thing to do. Uh, if we go back a year, you know, Southern Miss. Uh, may, I think the the coaches made a mistake by moving Dorbeck from left tackle to right tackle to start the season and right. you don't want to make that same mistake by uh, putting somebody in a position to where you know maybe they're a little bit better as an end I think Turner can be that wolf I, you know I think he's perfectly capable of, of being good there but he's probably not quite as fast as the other two guys uh, in terms of just covering ground and, and maybe in pass coverage so I think that's something they're probably going to look at to where Turner might possibly just move back to uh, defensive end. But, I, you know, like I said, Turner could still be very good there. At the All right. Now, now one thing, guys, right. I have to jump in here, Luke, real quick. The nomenclature of football. I know you guys get talking, you know, football term, but I'm sure there are a lot of people like me who might be driving around and listen, <laughs> listening to this saying, what are they talking about? What do they mean by the wolf? Yeah. Yeah, is the wolf, the, whenever, the, whenever I write about the wolf, I always hate it because I have to get in the explanation every time about what the wolf is. It's the linebacker slash defensive end position, basically somebody that can line up on the line of scrimmage or at just uh, just that inside linebacker or outside linebacker. It's somebody that can move around and uh, fill a lot of different roles. So basically that's what the Wolf is. It's just a defensive end slash linebacker hybrid. I got you. 
Go ahead, Luke. You, you've also heard it referred to as, you know, the bandit, and it just gives you options. It it comes mm-hmm. back from uh, that mid-'90s defense where people are just prowling around pre-snap and offensive linemen, you know, don't know who to count off, and that's where it all comes from. When Patrick, uh, in your article today, uh, you know, one of these – uh, was wasn't mentioned on defense was the linebackers and I, I was either Coach mm-hmm. Boone or Coach Nicholson that has said the depth at linebacker is pretty amazing this year. I mean they're talking about sending in like waves, so it's almost like a hockey yeah. line going in and out. I mean, do you feel that way about the linebackers? Yeah, I think so. And I you know I expect a lot of Santrell Latham kind of coming in with the way he played in the spring, but I actually saw a little bit more of Hayes Maples uh, out there at, at linebacker. And I think what they're you know Rake, Rakeem Booth was essentially. I think they had him listed a strong side all last year, but I think they're going to put him officially at the middle linebacker spot uh, this season. It doesn't really – I mean, those linebackers move around so much these days. It doesn't really matter if you're inside or outside. You're always somewhere different, it seems, every every town. So, But, yeah, I mean, overall depth, you know, Swayze Bozeman, the JUCO transfer, uh, you know, uh, Tyree Evans, who's redshirted last year out of East Mississippi, you know, really kind of a fast guy. He's probably no, not, not any bigger than 205 pounds. Uh, but it brings a lot of speed to the defense. But yeah, overall, it's it's a linebacker uh, linebacking core uh, that you know they're good across the board, a lot of quality. Uh, Raheem Booth, you know, obviously he's going to be the leader of that group and what he's been able to do up to this point. But yeah, a lot of different names, a lot of new names get mixed in with Latham and Maples. All right, Patrick, what have you seen at this point? Uh, well, based on what you've seen, mm-hmm. now tell us how you see the first four games playing out. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I, I'll, you know, it's I don't nothing's really changed in terms of, of how I see the first few games playing out. I see Mississippi, Southern Miss really giving Mississippi State a challenge, just based on how strong it is on defense. And Mississippi State could potentially be going through a little bit of a transition there with the quarterback and mm-hmm. and some things they're going to be working out early in the season. I think that's a dangerous game for for Mississippi State, but they they're going to have the home Good. field advantage. Uh, but yeah, the Alabama game and the Troy game. Uh, those are going to be tough ones. Uh, it's it's just kind of hard to read and, and say that you know Troy's got a lot of things they got to figure out. A lot of players back, but got a new head coach, uh, new staff, uh, and Alabama's just Alabama. Uh, so it's I, I don't really I haven't really flipped my prediction. Uh, I see Southern Miss going one and three with the Troy game basically being a coin flip. Well, uh, basically the only reason I'm picking Troy to win that game is because that game's at Troy. Well, and it's fair to say that Alabama has figured it out, right, Patrick? Yeah, there there won't be any transition or, or concern for Alabama. Though. There's only one team that Alabama hasn't figured out. Who's that? And that's the the orange and blue. <clears throat> yeah, Clemson. But they're not yeah. going to have to play yeah. them until probably the championship game, right? Again, <laughs> yes, again. All right, Patrick. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the extra segment. We'll look forward to getting you back Thursday. All right, sounds good. Patrick McGee, everybody, Biloxi Sun-Herald. Going to get a little different perspective of where football is from the Sports Information Director at Southern Miss next. Jack Duggan on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel, as you know, household items, car accessories, etc. And uh, right now, fall stuff is beginning to come in. That means they're going to be moving out the spring stuff, Kelly. Good chance to save some money. That's it. Anything that's discounted, of course, once it goes out of season. But uh, also get ready for prime time, tailgating materials, everything you need right there. Right. And if you're uh, listening in other parts of the state, which we hope you are every day, you can go to campusbookmart.net and uh, pick out your stuff, and they will send it right to your front door. I want to thank Patrick McGee for coming in and giving us that insight. Also, I wanted to uh, kind of get another angle about the first scrimmage and the opening of football season. So we uh, go to our good buddy Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director uh, at Southern Miss. Jack, you are uh, you know, you make your living uh, there at USM, so you're obviously at a lot of practices. I guess my first question to you would be, what, if any, is the overall difference you see at this point uh, with the football team as opposed to maybe the last one or two years? Do you see any differences that jump out at you? Well, I think I think the first thing that jumps out at me is 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 the depth that we have. Uh, you know, so something that we've kind of worked on the last couple of years that Coach Hobson's worked on, I should say, is uh, you know, our numbers, uh, scholarship numbers, have been down, and he's talked about that some. But you know, that's the one thing that really jumps out at you is the number of, of bodies that that we have out there that 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 can, you know, that will have a chance to see playing time. Uh, this fall, and so you see, you see positions that maybe not have had as much depth over the last couple three years that 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 has it now. You know, you know, the offensive line being one of them. You know, we signed a lot of guys up there, and a lot of those guys are getting reps, and and uh, it's only going to make them better. So, so uh, that's you know, that's that's probably the the biggest the biggest thing I've seen so far over the first. I guess uh, let's see how many practices we've gone through. I think uh, like eight or nine practices. So, um, uh, so yes. Uh, so is the team back to full scholarships? And for people that may not be aware, and I don't know that I'm a hundred percent certain about this. How did how did it develop to where there were not the full allotment of scholarships in the program? Well, I just think that. Um, uh, I, I don't know the specific answer to that question. I think you know some of it is is um, is, is is guys not showing up uh, and, and and losing those scholarships a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. and then you have guys that uh, may uh, are one year guys that come in and and um, and, and they, they go to that year specifically, so they may they may. You know, shoot for that one year instead of kind of building long term, right? As it were, and um, you know, it just it just got to a point where it gotten down to about because you can only sign twenty five guys a year, so mm-hmm. so just several there were several factors that that kind of led us to our numbers no. being down a little bit, but 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 we were able to we I mean we were able to build them back up through. You know, junior college and freshman guys instead of you know, guys that come right. in for just one year. Yeah, I guess what I was asking, and I had heard that, and this is no criticism because I've made no bones about it. I think he was just phenomenal here. But it was when Coach Munkin came 
and was really looking for some immediate help and went out and got some graduate transfers, a good number of JUCO guys. Is that how the numbers got skewed a little bit, Jack? Yeah, I think I think a little bit. I think that's that's part of it. And uh, you know, maybe there was maybe there was in terms of of, of how the roster sh- shakes out. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, in the short term, and not maybe necessarily looking more long longer term. And that is something Coach Hobson has done since he's been here. And uh, something that he is he is built upon, and that was one of kind of one of the first things that he wanted to do when he got here, and uh, he's done it. Right. He's done a really he's done a really nice job of of, of uh, building this roster, and uh, you know he's he's got him poised to to have a really yeah. really good year. And Kelly J, that's not a criticism of Todd Munkin. He he was doing what he had to do. Yeah, at the time, it was a pretty right. desperate right. measure, desperate times call for right. desperate measures. Jack, I want to ask you, coaches all the time, they're, they're perennial poor mouthers. All right, they could have the greatest team in the country, but they're always going to say. Oh, we got work to do. That's part of their job. Do you guys, as SIDs, when you guys talk to each other as SIDs, do you guys pour mouth, or do you, or do you shoot straight with each other? Like, yeah, I think we're going to be pretty good this year. Actually, I think it, I think if it's a, I think if it's somebody you know, I think you're more likely to tell you tell them what you what you really think, as opposed to somebody you may not know as as well. And uh, like, I've got three or four. Uh, really good friends in, in, in this league, and 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 you know we, we'll we'll shoot each other straight, and uh, you know, it's just kind of the way it is, and you know. But sometimes there's that gamesmanship when hey, hey, now take it easy on us today. We don't want <laughs> yeah. we don't want you we don't want you guys to to, to roll all over us, and uh, so well now you and you and I go back some of that too. You and I go back about 25 years. All right, we know yeah. each other pretty well. So what do you think? What what's your gut I mean, tell you about this year's team? I feel really I, good about it. I I do as well. I, I really do. I think I think our defense is going to be really really good. Uh, I think I agree. our offense is going to be better. Um, you know, I think you know right now you know they're still working kind of sort of shoring up the kicking game, and you know you lose a, a four year guy in Parker Shawfield, and you know that there's going to be some questions there, so. So that you know they're working through that as well. I mean, you know, I mean Kelly, you, you know, it all it all hinges. You know, you got to get through the month of September. You try to get through that healthy. You try to get, you know, two three wins uh, over your you know your August September schedule. I shouldn't say that. I should say first four games your non conference schedule, and and you know if you can, if you can do well there. Um, you know, you got a chance to have a really, really good football season. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, it's, we're kind of kicking the dead horse when we talk about health is the, by far, biggest piece of this puzzle for any football team. Right. If you can keep, oh, now, that's no question. Yeah, and it, and it helps that we've got depth, which we haven't had. Right. Depth at numerous positions. But, you know, right. Patrick was Patrick he was talking about, you know, maybe a one-and-three start. I, I'm looking for a three-and-one start. Now, obviously, that's yeah. going to mean beating Mississippi St- or, or, or Alabama. Yeah. Well, Hey, if you're going to play them, play them at the beginning of the year, right? Right? right. You know, I mean, right. they are. I mean, I, I, I mean, I can't. You know, I, I'd say if we, you know, you play three on the road, if three, three of your first four on the road, if you can, if you can go fifty fifty, you know, I think you're, I think you're, you're doing fairly well. Yeah, I agree. And, and yeah. Uh, you know, then you, then you roll into conference play, and then you know, you open up, I guess, with UTEP right off the bat. And then I guess there's an open week after that, and then North Texas comes in 
the following week, the 12th, which is our that's homecoming game. game. Yeah, that's the one. That's and that's, the a, game. You know, that's one of the games that you got to circle yeah. on the schedule. Right. You know, and, and uh, that's going to be a huge game. And yeah. that's going to be something that our fans are going to really have to come out for. Um, and, and, and we we got to have the rock rolling. And, and Jack, compared to last year's Conference USA top to bottom, how, how do you see the league com- this year compared to last year caliber of football-wise? Well, I, you know, I, it's, cra- it's a crazy league, and it's been that way for a while now, is that there's, there's, there's not much difference between the top and the bottom. I mean, each week somebody can beat somebody else, and I know that sounds cliche and all, but 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 I would say there's probably of the the 14 teams in the league, I'd say 11 or 12, you know, could probably win every week, and uh, you know, and you you know, I mean, you don't know. I mean, I can't tell you what Marshall's got. I I don't know what Florida Atlantic's got. I I really don't. I I care more about you know what we're going to do and 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 how we're going to do it. And um, you know, I mean, they make us they make us fill out this. This preseason poll beginning of the year, right. you, you, you have a little bit of an idea, but but really, do you? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you know, you think somebody's going to be pretty good. You think somebody's going to be awful, but you know, you just never know. I mean, it's just kind of you know, you got to. That's why they play them. That's you know, I mean, right. and sometimes sometimes it's right on the mark, but you know, sometimes you know, you look look. I guess what UAB was picked what fourth last year. They won the league and. Right. And 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 that just that just kind of happens. And, well, well, you can you take know? this to the bank. UTEP stinks. You can. T- <laughs> okay, I'm all right. I mean, you're okay with that one. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, but 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 you still can't overlook them. No, no for sure. You can't, you, can't. you can't. You know, I mean, uh, you know, you hope you hope that you'd be able to beat UTEP at home. Sure. You know, and um, so yeah, I just and that that would be our conference opener right. and. And you know, it's just it's 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 going to be it'll be another interesting race. And but you know the but but you know you can't you can't look ahead. I mean, right. you know, UTEP's like it's sandwiched right there between Alabama and North Texas. So you go, well, hopefully, hopefully you get through Alabama with not a lot of injuries, where you'll be health you'll be healthy going into UTEP the next week, and then uh, and then you've got a you got a week off, and then you play North Texas, and then. Know. You know, North Texas is a huge game, and then Louisiana Tech's a huge game. And then two weeks later, you play UAB at home. You know, Western Kentucky's at home late November, and then you finish up with Fort Atlantic, who's been really good. Well, they were really good two years ago. They weren't as good last year, but, you know, you get a couple of, you get a couple of transfers, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're right back there. All right, Jack. We're up against heartbreak, man. Thank you very much for uh, your time. And look, if that Alabama guy starts poor mouth in that SI, just hang the phone up, okay? You don't have to listen to that. Uh, all right, fair enough. See you. Jack Duggan, right, everybody. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. I want to thank Jack Duggan for joining us. Also, Patrick McGee. Both of those guys uh, on short notice come on to the show and kind of update us on football. Really do appreciate that. That's a good insight, Kelly, into the 
into the scrimmage and what everybody saw. I mean, I can, you know, I've been, I've been critical of Southern Miss, like I said, and I get criticized because sometimes I'm critical of Southern Miss, but I'm telling you, I feel good about this season. I didn't feel so good last year, this time, Mm -hmm. feel much better this year. And you know, the old left-hander Jack Duggan wasn't, didn't, you know, said that he wasn't sure about the league. I don't think the league is as, is as strong this year as it was last year. And I think we are stronger than we were last year. I'm telling you, man, the perfect storm is lining up here. I think it's going to be a great season. Well, here's the key, Luke, and I, I will see if you agree with me. They, they've just got to get a lot better on the offensive line than what we've seen the last couple of years. They have to be able to run the football. We don't have quarterbacks. You tell me if you disagree now, but I don't think we have quarterbacks on this team that can just carry the team on their shoulders. You know, like like an All American type core, like a Reggie Collier was, or Brett Favre, obviously, or you know, Nick Mullins for that example. But Luke, do they not have to? Isn't that where the the season will hinge on the team's ability to consistently run the football? I mean, any team's hinges on the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's what that's where everything starts with a quarterback like Jack Abraham, where you know. The reason that Tate Watley is in the quarterback conversation is because he can—he's mobile. He can move, you know, do things with his feet. So when you got a pocket a, a pocket passer like Jack Abraham, you can't have him scrambling around trying to make plays. What you need is he, he takes a snap, he, he drops back, he surveys the field, and he's got you know three, four seconds to get the ball out. I mean, that's what you want. So the offensive line, not just as important with the run game, but with a quarterback specifically like Jack Abraham, he's got to have time to survey the field and, and not just force throws. So I do see them, especially with Tanner Hawthorne, people need to remember, he was a, he was at Purdue to start his career. Kalik Washington flipped last year in December from Central Florida to Southern Miss. So you put some of those guys up front with Fletcher and, and Pollard and some of those other guys, it can be a good offensive line. I think it will be uh, double as good as it was last year. So both of you guys say 3-1 and one would be just like party time, but you'll be happy coming out of the first month at 2-2. Two and two. I'm telling you to bank on 3-1, and one, baby. Are you really? The Eagles are going to be 3-1 and one after the first game. You hear that, Luke? You hear that? Wins with two of them. I would feel good. I would feel very good about two and two. Very good about two and two. How would you feel about four and O? Oh? Well, now let's not get greedy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even good teams can stub their toes every once in a while, right? Right, right. And three out of the first four on the road. That's well, a little guys, bit on much. a scale of one to ten, ten being great, it would be about a twenty if they could go beat Mississippi State in Starkville, would look, it not? Look, if if we beat State or Alabama, we're going to lose to like UTEP or UTSA. That's okay. okay? I don't mind. I don't care. So I would rather I, I would rather get beat in Tuscaloosa and win the conference. I mean, that, and then no. then uh, pull off. Well, an early, I, I agree, but then pull off. Let, let's, then pull off an early shocker and finish the year like seven and five. Like I would much rather. If, win if I could get a Mississippi State win and I had to take a UTEP loss, I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh, it's just because you want to rub the nose in it for so many of your states. Would you not? Would you not? I I, I kind of. Tend to agree with Luke. I mean, that's that would win the battle, but not the war. The war is, is the conference. But UAB is always that team has been in the thorn on our side forever. You know, when Fedora was here, you know, all we had to do was beat a lousy UAB team, and we'd have gone to one of the big bowls. The sugar Bowl, and, and UAB beat us. The so, Sugar Bowl, yeah. It was, I think it was the Sugar. Boy, Bowl. that was that was a big disappointment that night. All right, so Luke, you're, he's saying three and one. You're saying two and two, right? The Troy game is going to be far more difficult than what people think. I mean, they're, they're picked oh, yeah. second in the Sun Belt. So, you know, you, you have to keep the Mississippi State game competitive if you don't win it so that you don't just 
you know, if you get if you get beat down at Troy, then you're going to get annihilated at Alabama. I mean, that's just part of it. And even if you beat Mississippi State and Troy, you're probably still going to get annihilated at Alabama. I think that, I think I mean, that Alabama team is overrated. Don't you, Kelly? I don't even know why those guys Look. go to the NFL. And, you know, Look, hey, they take a when there are when there are ob- when there are objective. Non-biased people saying that Tua is better this year than he's ever been before, yeah. like that's that, that's really unfathomable. And Sarkeesian's calling the plays, y'all. When he goes to the NFL, don't you think? What's that? He'll take a major pay cut when he goes to the NFL. To, to a Tagliavoli, Tagliavoli, whatever his name is. All right, enough. We've got a guest in the studio, Kelly. Yeah, Steve Starr joins us. Actually, Steve, a graduate of North Forest High School, which former Golden Eagle quarterback Brian McClelland, I think, was exactly a right. was out of North Forest High School. Steve's a big uh, Southern Miss guy by way of uh, Pearl River. He's also the matchmaker with the SWA. Uh, you can see SWA Championship Wrestling on uh, local television affiliates. Uh, Fox here in in uh, Hattiesburg, and I know they're on in Meridian and the northern part of the state, and really all over the place. Steve, you guys have got a big event coming up in Summerall this weekend. We want uh, Southern Miss fans to, to come out and take part in Summerall Slam Berea fundraiser for the Summerall football team. How's it going? Y'all ready? You guys ready to go? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it, Kelly. This is our sixth year at Summerall, and we're looking for a lot of the Southern Miss fans to come out. Now, yeah, you're, but, you're a big Southern Miss guy, Steve. Oh, you yeah, like, no you, doubt about yeah. it. No doubt about it. My first cousin used to be the head baseball coach, Corky Palmer. So I've I'm, I'm been following him for many years. And uh, I think the football team this year is going to have a great year. I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. And Coach Hobbs is doing an excellent job. I like I like what you're talking about. you got a, the SWA uh, championship belt on the line this coming Saturday night. The uh, Aztec warrior Alex Cruz puts the belt on the line against the man who claims to be le- the legit legitimate SWA champion, the Prince of Pain, Joe Kane. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting match. And I just want to tell all the people, they can come out. This is old school wrestling like it used to be. You can bring your kids, your grandkids. You're not going to hear anything that's out of the way, any kind of profanity, anything like that. Just good old school wrestling. Yeah, but this uh, this Summerall event, I mean, you guys pack out the Summerall gym just about every year. Yeah, it packs out. And uh, this is, we expect to have the biggest, biggest crowd we ever had this year. We are bringing in the lady wrestlers this year. First time ever to Summerall. Hey. So that that will be something uh, unique that will that will come. You talk about the the, the you, you make it a sales point, Steve. This is old school wrestling. So I, I I take it that the feedback that you get from people is that the new age wrestling, if you will, has gone a little bit overboard in different areas. Overboard, and people want to see wrestling. They're not just talking all night long on Monday nights. Uh, we do wrestle. We got some of the best independent wrestlers in the country. That's going to be in some raw. And uh, everybody tells me, say, hey, this reminds me of the old Mid-South and the old Gulf Coast wrestling. You know, guys, I'm going to age myself, but do you remember uh, San Martino, the great wrestler? Bruno San Martino. Bruno San yeah. Martino. Oh, yeah, definitely. He was my favorite growing up. I just loved him. Mine was Bob Backlund. Yeah. Bob yeah. Backlund. Who Cowboy Bill Watts. He, from the Mid-South, right? Yeah, Cowboy right. Bill Watts and Cowboy Bob Kelly from the Gulf Coast. You, he, actually, you actually worked with Cowboy right, Bob I Kelly. I got to wrestle with Bob back in the uh, mid-'80s. When Bob came back out of retirement, and uh, yeah, I got to be good friends with him, and uh, sadly, uh, Bob passed away about four years ago. Is Cowboy Bill Watts still alive? Yes, Cowboy Bill Watts is alive in Oklahoma, Bixby, Oklahoma. So let me ask you this off-the-wall question. Yes, Did you see the movie The Wrestler 
with uh, Mickey uh, Rourke. Yes. Mickey O'Rourke. Yes, I did see that. I thought that was a really good movie. And that's a lot of that in there is How uh, accurate reality. You think Very that accurate. Was. I think they based it on Jake the Snake Roberts, didn't they, Steve? I'm not sure, but there are a lot of guys like that. They have a great career, make a lot of money, then they blow their money. And that's all they do. New know how to do is wrestle. So they're on up in age and they're mm-hmm. struggling. You know, it was a sad true. movie. It is a really sad. It was movie. a sad movie because he didn't. You're right. He didn't know how to. Right. He didn't know how to do. That's anything all he knew there. how to do. But now, Steve, uh, you guys, you're on. We mentioned that you're on TV on Saturday nights and Sunday nights. You can check your local right. stations for SWA wrestling. Summer all this coming Saturday night bell time at seven. seven I know o'clock. tickets are going like hotcakes, and a very few floor seats remain. Right? Yeah, just a few. Uh, Ringside seats are remain, but we got plenty of places. Uh, in a big gym, big air conditioned gym. We'll throw that in there. So uh, yeah, we got plenty of room. Get there early. We're gonna open doors at five thirty. And Summerall always has a great concession stand. Seeing Kelly, that it's insane. We should point out Kelly is the color commentator right, for the broadcast. Uh, seeing that it's in Summerall, is there any chance that Lee Dip Cup in my back pocket Apple White will be on the card? Uh, he's he's training. He's training he's to training make his right debut. Now, I see right now. Yeah, but this is you know very few Saturdays away from college football season. The Eagles right. kick it off on the thirty first of August, so just a couple of weeks away, which was right. strategic and why you planned it this particular Saturday. Yeah, season. we wanted we want to get there before Southern started playing. You know, because we can't compete against them, and which is a good thing for Southern Miss. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're big supporters of Southern Miss SWA Championship Wrestling. So and where do people get their tickets for Saturday, Steve, and the rest of your schedule where you guys are going to be all over the place? Well, we're, we, we're everywhere. Uh, Saturday the 24th, we're going to be in Baxterville for the Baxterville Booster Club. Tickets for some raw, you can get them at the door. If there's any ringside left, you can get them there. But uh, they'll probably be gone before Saturday. But you can get general admission tickets only $10. You can get them at the door. Who's she? That is Ariel Blake. And she is from Florida, and she wrestles with the Major League Wrestling. And we were very Is fortunate. she going to be wrestling yes. Saturday night? Yes, is she sir. wrestling this woman? Here? Right. Really? And yes. both of them, Bob, on a bad night could take you. I'll get, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm I sure. guarantee yeah. you. I'm old, Kelly. So <laughs> not just in Baxterville, though, Steve, you guys are going to be in Laurel. You're going to be in Pedal. You're, Laurel, you're all over the place. Pedal, right? We're everywhere. We're going everywhere. We're going to be in Lloyd's Star next month. Working on some other things right now. Going to be back to South Jones probably in December. And you're raising money for football teams. We yeah, point yeah. Out, for uh, high school football. Nonprofit program. organizations. Just trying to help Good them deal. raise some funds. Good deal. Well, thank you, sir, for coming in. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank All you. All right. Eagle Hour rolls right along, no pun intended, after this. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I don't think there's any question about it. <laughs> I think that may be concerning. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday. Thanks for starting your week with us here on the Eagle Hour today. Bob, Dalton, and Luke 
from the First Bank studio, Studios in Hattiesburg. Beautiful downtown Laurel. I believe Kelly Sander has left the building. He just comes and goes, doesn't he, Bob? Yeah, I mean, Kelly, just, Kelly has Kelly's officially world. left the building. That's correct. Says he's going go. to work. Fourth segment. Nobody bought that. Oh, okay. Well, this, this Kelly Sanderless fourth segment is brought to you every day by Gulfport Home Center. Located down in Gulfport, a great place to go if you're looking for manufactured housing, best selection of new and used manufactured housing around. Check them out online, gulfporthomecenter.ms. Lady Eagle soccer team opened up the 2019-2020 athletic uh, season on Friday night and was leading number 24 LSU uh, for quite a, a, a amount of time in the match. Scored early on. LSU tied it uh, towards the end of the second period, and then uh, LSU scored the game-winning goal with just a few minutes left to go in the game. Lady Eagles drop a 2-1 decision but looked really, really good. Some of those transfers we told you about made an, an instant impact, and so uh, Coach Mo got to be pleased. I uh, always want to win, but a 2-1 loss to LSU after leading a, a, a big part of that match is always a great thing. So Lady Eagles have one more exhibition match this Saturday at Mississippi State up in Starkville at 6 p.m. It's this coming Saturday. Maybe those Lady Eagles, Bob, can go ahead and set the tempo for football to come. Well, we've learned one thing, and that's talking to these young kids that play soccer. They love Coach Mo. They really look up to him and uh, really see him as a mentor, so I don't think there's any question that the soccer program uh, is in good hands. All right, Luke, your Saints took the field Saturday night. They got beat by Minnesota 34-25, but I don't believe you ever pay any attention to what scores are in in preseason games. I don't really think that means a thing. But here's what I found interesting. Uh, Breeze didn't play uh, for obvious reasons. But the backup, Teddy Bridgewater, 14 out of 19, 134 yards, a touchdown, looked pretty sharp overall, I thought. So I guess that puts in my mind this question. Is Teddy Bridgewater the heir apparent to Drew Brees? Uh, that's kind of been the question since they traded for him, um, traded that pick away to get Bridgewater. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a very efficient quarterback. You just don't know if he's going to be a bridge where whenever Breeze retires, whether it's after this year, maybe two more years, if Bridgewater is going to be the answer for two or three years, they draft a really good quarterback and let Bridgewater groom him and then hand it over. Mm-hmm. I would assume that's the case. I don't see Sean Payton really – uh, with the patience for a young quarterback. <laughs> and so that may have been some of the reasons why they brought Bridgewater in. Bridgewater can win you some football games just because he's very efficient, and he even showed that before he got hurt in Minnesota. Uh, the Saints are going to go out to California. They're going to practice with the L.A. Chargers during the week, and then they're going to play each other uh, Sunday uh, night, I think. If if the Saints, and I think they're the caliber team that certainly has a legit shot at getting to the Super Bowl – if the Saints were to win the Super Bowl, would we see Drew Brees retire? You think? I think it would be a pretty good uh, opportunity, you know, for him to to exit the game. At the same time, Drew's a competitor. It's going to depend. I think going down weeks seven through twelve are going to be the test, particularly around game ten, game eleven. We got to see how his body holds up. People were concerned about some arm strength issues last year, late in the season. So if the Saints get on a roll and he's feeling chipper and good, I think even depending on how good they do this year, he could come back. All right, your observations from from what you saw out of New Orleans in their first appearance this year. Really excited about Latavius Murray. Um, he, he was a guy that uh, had a couple down years, but he comes in to kind of try to fill the spot of 
of uh, Mark Ingram. He's about six one guy, and he he made some some nice catches out of the backfield, and that was the big question. You know, can he catch out of the backfield? And he proved that he had three catches for twenty two yards. Uh, Camara, his first catch made like two people miss. I mean, that backfield solid. You've even got Jaquiz Rogers uh, hanging out in that backfield with those two also. Um, Taysom Hill, he, he ran for almost 50 yards. He's going to be kind of your X factor. You line him up uh, wherever you want to go. Mike Thomas didn't play much, uh, but Traquan Smith's in there. Uh, defensively, you know, Demario Davis is in there. Um, it's just going to depend, you know, who, who ends up at safety. Is it Robinson? Is it Williams? A Davenport, if he's healthy. So Saints just, you know, it was just kind of standard fare out there. And, and uh, I know this, Brees had a really good pregame speech. I listened to the whole thing. All right, the Cardinals beat the Chargers uh, this weekend 17-13. The Steelers beat the Bucks 30-28. to Raiders beat the Rams 14-3. to 49ers beat the Cowboys 17-9. Chiefs. 38-17 over the Bengals. Before we before we run out of time, go back to that 49ers game. I watched the first half of that game because I wanted to see our guy play. And I, I got to tell you, man, they they are high, high, high on the former Golden Eagle quarterback out there in San Francisco, Luke. They, they think he's a They're- lock for the backup position. And has a really bright future, apparently, with the 49ers. There is, there was an article this weekend, and I mean, this is a pretty cool way to end today. There was an article this weekend, and it was from just somebody objective in the NFL sporting world, why the Cowboys don't need to sign Dak to a long-term contract and instead trade for Nick Mullins. There's some people out yeah. there because of what he's impressed, his efficiency. What would Nick Mullins be if he had, you know, top tier receivers and running backs around him? Well, kudos to Nick Mullins. This kid really looks good, and we just couldn't be happier for him. All right, that wraps it up for a Monday. Full show to start the week off. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.